Paratooth Radio is a proud member of Evergreen Podcasts on KillerPodcast.com. This episode is brought to you by Audible.com. If you like listening to beautiful voices like ours instead of reading words, then head on over to Audible where you can get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com forward slash paratruth, where you can choose from over 180,000 titles for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Christian and non-Christian paranormal investigators. They have two different views, and it seems as if neither of them can ever agree on anything. So what happens when the mainstream view of the paranormal crosses paths with the Christian view? Episode of Paratruth Radio. My name is Eric. And I'm Justin. And today we are stepping into the realm of nuclear physiology to discuss the possible consequences of an organization named CERN and testing particle accelerators, and more specifically, the Large Hadron Collider. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, for those of you listening at TMV Cafe, Fringe Radio Network, Paranormal UK Radio Network, and ParatruthRadio.com. Let's get ready to expose some lies. So, CERN. Now, when you brought this to my attention, Justin, you said CERN uh, and that you wanted to discuss it. I'm thinking, you want to discuss this CERN? <laughs> you want to discuss what is CERN exactly? <laughs> and you're like, we've talked about this, Eric. We've talked about this. Like, I don't know. I don't remember. So we had to take a few moments to for you to walk me through it. Then it's like, oh, okay, I remember some stuff. But uh, some of you who don't know what CERN is, you're probably wondering, what the heck is CERN? Well, CERN is a laboratory that sits astride the Franco-Swiss border near Geneva. It was actually one of Europe's first joint ventures and is and now has 22 member states. Now, the acronym CERN actually it means European Council of Nuclear Research. And if the name doesn't give it away, basically what the company does is it researches nuclear activity. Now, they have done a number of different studies and come out with a number of different uh, re- responses and theories regarding a number of things, such as how the Earth began. And one in particular, which was interesting, uh, was that of the God particle, which is Pretty astounding at the time. Now, whether or not it's true or this or that, what exactly the particle is, you know, we're not actually going to be discussing that tonight. But we'll be discussing something a little bit more interesting that has to deal with the whole space-time continuum thing and how that could have gotten distorted due to some of the research and experiments that CERN has been doing over the last couple of years. Now, a friend of ours actually brought it to Justin's attention that there was a possibility – that CERN, when testing the Large Hadron Collider, 
may have screwed up time just a little bit, maybe altered it or, or something like that. And so what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to go ahead and give it over to Justin for a moment to kind of just explain a little bit of uh, what it is we're diving into here tonight regarding this Large Hadron Collider. Yeah, well, the one thing that fascinated me first and foremost looking this up was the fact that CERN was actually established in 1954. But the, they're, they're most known for is the Large Hadron Collider, which uh, they had established in 2008. And what they were really doing with this was trying to recreate the Big Bang. And if you don't know what the Big Bang is, we've said it numerous times on the, on the show it's basically the creation of the universe um a lot of people have speculation about if that is truly what happened especially in the christian community um but they were trying to do this just to see if they could do it um they were also bent on finding different particles that we aren't able really to see or uh, detect with modern technology. So mm-hmm. they decided to create this Large Hadron Collider, ran it, and discovered the the God particle, which is, I honestly am not 100% sure what the particle is associated with, why they named it the God particle. Uh, again, maybe different show for a different time. But the concept that we wanted to touch base on this uh, was that maybe when they started up the Large Hadron Collider, which I'm probably completely butchering that name, but they either split time and space or somehow uh, merged our original reality with an alternate reality and the basis on what our friend was was thinking about on this was there is so much crazy stuff going on right now that wasn't going on before 2008 i mean there was crazy stuff going on uh you know people remember 9-11 all this this different war stuff going on but Lines were not being blurred as they are being blurred today. And one thing that she had mentioned is the fact that we have so many gender issues right now. There's the transgender where you don't know if you're a man or or you associate that you're a man and you're, you were born a woman or vice versa. Uh, there are... People that consider themselves non-binary, which basically means they're not male or female. Uh, there's so many different things people uh, associate as animals now. Like, the, the list goes on and on. Um, but I, I don't remember... I mean, there have been things in the past, like... Uh, Gay and lesbian people liking the same sex, that actually goes back to ancient times. But associating as a male when you're a female and vice versa and all these other things has not really come around until 
most recently. The the boom has started in the the 2000s. So that's where her her thought went with this was because of of the large hadron collider and CERN. Uh, a lot of people have speculated that they're opening wormholes uh, where extraterrestrials are exiting and entering, that sort of a thing. I'm not 100% on that. Um, if if they can cre- recreate the Big Bang, maybe they are creating wormholes. I don't know. But we wanted to concentrate on the, the topic of colliding with a an alternate reality or alternate universe. Um, so you remember when we started Night Stalkers, it was actually around that time, 2008, 2009, um, they had actually started the Hadron Collider on September, in September, and Mm -hmm. we started in, uh, around November. And stuff was not really that crazy back then compared to, compared to now. But it was starting to get that way, I think. Um, what, um, if anything, what do you remember or how do you remember it going from 2008 to now? Like, do you remember it being this, this huge difference in gender confusion and associating as, as a robot and, all this other stuff. <laughs> well, no, but then again, that was before we got into the paranormal community. That's when things started getting crazy <laughs> for us, <laughs> realizing what kind of police were actually out there. Uh, you know, back in 2008, you no, none of this really seemed to. Uh, it what it didn't do. Let me rephrase that. What it didn't do was make the news. Now, I'm not saying it wasn't happening and that people weren't discussing it, but it wasn't making the news. Now, I don't remember. S- Thinking, oh, this just happened overnight. I don't think it did. I think well, it happened I, over. I'm not saying you know, that aggressively it did, over many yeah. years. Well, what I'm thinking is like, if there's an alternate universe uh, in which this uh, this hadron collider would have created, it would have been instantaneous. There would have been a moment where we're just, you know, happy lolly dolling all around, and nothing's, you know, everything's fine, and then all of a sudden, like the next day, boom, here we are in 2017. You know, that type of difference. All of a sudden, uh, but the slight progress doesn't really mesh up unless we're talking about two timelines that are slowly beginning to converge together, uh, as opposed to just immediately smacking, you know, uh, and creating one new timeline. Well, so actually, an interesting uh, hypothesis on that is maybe when they did do that, it created as you were trying to think of stuff. For today's show, Vortex, it created a Vortex, which started sucking those two alternate realities together. And it wasn't instantaneous. Um, Another thing that this kind of hops on, which we can get into this after you finish your thought, is um, the Mandela effect. Mm -hmm. But I'll finish, let you finish your thought before I establish more on that. Right. Well, what I'm thinking here is, uh, okay, so when you look at the progressive history between 2008 and 2017, we see a number of things happening. And some of the big things that happened were, for example, 2012. 
everyone believed the Mayan calendar was going to end up being the last day on Earth. It was that's what it indicated, and of course it didn't happen. But at that moment, people began to become more gullible, especially in America, uh, and that began to progress over time because now we've had what seven, eight, nine different instances where supposedly the world was going to end. One being this past Sunday, Saturday, uh, or Saturday was it Saturday? Yeah. I'm sorry, this past Saturday. Uh, which, for those of you who believed the apocalypse was going to happen this past Saturday, congratulations, you survived the apocalypse. Uh, so and he's talking about can... September 23rd. Yes, September 23rd. You can now look forward to the next apocalypse. Maybe we'll we'll get lucky. Uh, <laughs> one of these days it'll happen. Um, well, maybe, maybe it was because of CERN creating a vortex. It completely pushed Planet X off to the side, and it completely missed oh, us. Good. Planet X does not exist. It is not out there. Um, that's just a bunch of fairy tale. That's, that's all that is. It's a fairy tale. It's, you know, anyway. Um, you know, but you, you see this progression of how people became more gullible and more fearful. And as that happened, we started seeing changes in the government as well because people began fearing the government a little more and what they were going to do. Then as we move forward, we start seeing some uh, you know, a little bit of police brutality, nothing major to make the news, but, you know, a couple instances here and there. Then, you know, all of a sudden, kaboom, it just it's on social media and it's on the news and it's out there. And now everybody's starting to freak out because they're worried. OK, well, now what does this mean for, you know, for people? What does this mean for humanity in America? What does this mean for life and freedom? Uh, and it just progressed, progressed, progressed. And people are thinking, well, hey. If the police are, you know, going to be brutal or the government's not going to give these people their paychecks or they're not going to take care of these people in regards to medical, uh, you know, stabilization and issues and whatnot, then what does that mean for those of us other minorities? And that being, uh, those who are lesbian or gay or queer or transgender, you know, et cetera, et cetera. These are people who suddenly saw what was happening in the real world, what was happening to the minority and thought, okay, I'm a minor minority too. We kept quiet about this for a reason. And now it's time to speak up because we don't want to be lost or, you know, treated differently. Uh, and so that's, I think what really connected. I think it's just these little issues that eventually grew into one. And of course I've said this on the show in the past, once the media gets a hold of something, whatever that media may be, then you're pretty much guaranteed that it's going to be blown way out of proportion. There have been lies in the media. There have been truths. And this whole fact-checking thing, you know, that we've heard about, that's not even real. Uh, I don't believe it is. I mean, there's a lot of fact-checkers out there that will say something different than what other fact-checkers will do. Um, but, yeah, I think this was much more a a way of – or a progression of life within the United States and within the world. I think it was going to happen one way or the other. You know, I mean, there's a reason we had a civil war in the past. There's a reason why America looks like it's on the verge of another civil war and why it looks like there's going to be a World War III at some point. And these things just happen. And it's always comes down to one or two people who speak up, get their voice heard, and then it just takes hold from there. Well, and yeah, that that is a really good point. Um, but you don't agree. Well, <laughs> I, I do agree uh, we, that it, it's become – more and more common and we've been hearing more and more about it but in context to what we're talking about for the episode um the one thing that you had said was it wasn't instantaneous um 
the the first thing that came to my mind is the Mandela effect, which we've done an episode about, and it could have been instantaneous in the fact that even though we didn't hear about it that often, and then we started hearing about it more and more and more and more, that we could have had an alternate reality collide with ours and not even know it except for people that were having these these false memories or memories of something else happening when today, right now, it's completely different than what we remember. So in a sense, I, I, I'm only disagreeing in the fact that I can see the theory with that, but you're right back then compared to now you, you hear, you didn't hear a whole lot about it. Uh, nothing was on the news about it. Um, on, quite honestly, some of the things that I remember being on the news about, um, gay men in particular was the, the slander that they brought AIDS to the world, I guess. Um, that's pretty much the biggest thing I can remember back when I was younger compared to today. But you didn't hear a whole lot about it. And now it's kind of gotten, in my opinion, I guess, a little out of control because I, I just looked up what the term is now because it used to be just LGB now it's, then it was LGBT now it's LBG LGBTQIA which is mm-hmm. lesbian gay bisexual transgender queer questioning intersex and asexual agender aromantic whatever that means and I don't ever remember hearing anything about any of the other ones other than lesbian, gay, and bisexual. Maybe tra- transgender because it, there were people getting uh, sex changes even back when I was younger. So mm-hmm. that part was still was kind of going on back then, but they didn't call them transgender. So I I don't really I wouldn't I wouldn't blame it on CERN and and the hydron collider per se. Or that we've merged with an alternate reality. But it's an interesting concept because it's not just that in particular that has gone awry since 2008. But it's one of the ones that she had brought up to me. Some of the other stuff that kind of comes to mind is like what's going on right now with with um North Korea and America us on the verge of war and that sort of a thing uh Donald Trump as president and I, of course nobody ever thought that uh we would ever have a a black muslim president but it happened and we had Ronald Reagan who was an actor so I guess it's not that far fetched that Donald Trump became president, but it almost makes you wonder. <laughs> well, now and now that you mention that, and not, not to stir up this because this is a paranormal radio show, um, but you know, you know, a lot of people 
do say or believe that that uh, Barack Obama was indeed Muslim. However, there is significant em- em- evidence that he wasn't a Muslim. Muslim. <laughs> <laughs> that he wasn't a Muslim, but instead was uh, one of two things, either a Christian or just a normal guy, you know, just doing his, going about his life. Uh, there was a lot of speculation and people showing him as a Muslim. And whether or not those photos are real or not, who knows? Uh, but, you know, it's, I actually just heard stuff about it recently from a guy, uh, with, who works within the government. I heard it on NPR radio. I do listen to NPR radio a lot. If you guys haven't noticed over the last couple of weeks, I've mentioned it quite a bit. Uh, but you know, this, someone that came on and said, you know, it, it's funny how people say that, you know, we had a Muslim president, but when you actually get to know him and you realize the truth is he's not Muslim. Um, and, and even still, you know, it's, it's when it comes to American democracy, when it comes to just the way of or the American way, it doesn't really matter who you are, what faith you come from when it comes to leading the country. It's more so about what position God gives you. Now, this is something a lot of people don't realize or even believe. But regardless of your faith or beliefs or sexual orientation or whatever, God is the one who ordains what you do and how you do it. Um, so if somebody like Barack comes in and he is a Muslim, he led the country quite well. Sure, he made mistakes, but he led the country well. He gave him that authority. Now oh. we have Trump. A lot of people don't like Trump. But guess what? God still ordained him with that authority. We have no choice. I mean, it's back with the, when you look at the scriptures, when, uh, the Pharisees asked Jesus, look, this coin had, you know, what should we do with it, with our money? Uh, you know, should we be giving it to the, should the taxpayers be giving it to the government, et cetera, et cetera? And Jesus is like, whose face is on it? They say Caesar's. And he says, well, give what belongs to Caesar to Caesar. It's Caesar's money. He ordained Caesar as authority. Pilate, who eventually had Jesus killed, was ordained his authority by God, according to Jesus. It's just the way it is, you know, and the, the world works in mysterious ways. And people, of course, will blame God for this and that. But it's like, in the end, it, it's not God who you're to blame. It's the fallen uh, nature of humanity. And then, no, I'm going off the track here significantly. But, you know, it's just it's just amazes me. That there are so many different views and beliefs, like so many people believe so many different things, but the fact is that nobody really knows the facts. They're not willing to come together to find the truth. Right. Well, and the only reason I said that was because that was the big thing back then. And quite honestly, I could really care less if he was Muslim or not, just like I could care less if he was black, half black, Asian, orange, green, purple, you know, Barney the Dinosaur. So long as he was doing the best that he could, which I believe any president, in a sense, is trying to do, but I also believe they cannot keep the promises that they talk about in their presidential debates because, quite honestly, the president only has so much power because we also have the U.S. Senate and Congress. Right. Right. There's a number of different powers uh, throughout America, and it's just – and throughout the world – it's it's what you it's the same thing that you see in your local business you know for whoever you're working for you're working for a guy you know your boss guess what your boss has a boss and that boss has a boss it's this tier of leadership and it's the same thing uh when it comes to the president of the United States yes they have a significant amount of power but they also answer to people as well 
Uh, they're more of a spokesperson, in my opinion. <laughs> but you know, it's, it's, uh, it's the way that leadership was designed for America. It's how it is. Oh, well, yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And so if my boss has a boss, does his, his boss have a boss that has a boss? Right up until you get to whoever built the company and owns it, whoever that CEO is, that's where it is. If that C- does that CEO have a boss? Well, it depends on the faith of that CEO, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> <laughs> that that was the point I was getting to. <laughs> well, it, it's just interesting to to look into this because. I do agree with you that things just can just be getting crazy. It has nothing to do with a hydron collider or anything other than just humanity being humanity. Mm-hmm. But um, it it was just an interesting thing that she had brought up to me because um, you you look at the world today and it just seems so much more confusing. <laughs> So much more confusing than it was just just a few years ago. Sure, uh, you know what's weird about it is we think it's confusing now, and then back in the seventies, our parents thought it was confusing. Yeah, two thousand and thirty, our you know kids and you know whoever whatever generation then is going to think it's confusing. It's always going to build up, you know, and then there'll be declines and they'll build up again. It's always going to be. Be crazy. It's gonna be creepy and weird, and wonder what the heck's going on. But yeah, you know, in the end, the Lord said that those things are to come: wars and famine, and basically controversies of all sorts. So, all right, folks, uh, we've pretty much covered the the gamut on what we are we were talking about with CERN. So we're gonna go to our break here, and we will be right back with Parachute Radio. Ever heard of Stoicism? Chances are, if you have, you've heard of Stoicism with a lowercase s and not Stoicism with an uppercase s. Lone wolves, no emotions, antisocial behavior, cold, indifference, all that is Stoicism with a lowercase s. Stoicism with an uppercase s is the ancient Greek philosophy and virtue ethics framework that centers on service to the cosmopolis, to include your family, friends, community, and planet, and the development of a good moral character. My name is Tanner Campbell, and I'm the host of Practical Stoicism, a three times a week podcast teaching Stoic principles and concepts to anyone interested through the exploration of texts and deep dives into various moral topics. You can find Practical Stoicism where you're already listening to podcasts by searching for Practical Stoicism or by going to stoicismpod.com. I invite you to give it a listen today. You just might like it. Hey, Parafans. Do I have a deal for you? The people over at Loot Crate are giving our listeners a 10% savings on any new subscription at LootCrate.com. Loot Crate is this awesome monthly mystery smorgasbord of a package that you get stuffed with different things from different genres, such as Zelda, Fallout, Harry Potter, and so many more. So to get your 10% savings, make sure you go to TryLootCrate.com forward slash Paratruth. Again, that's TryLootCrate.com forward slash Paratruth. 
and enter Bridge 10 to get 10% savings on any new subscription. A creature emerges from his slumber, only to be told he is a griffin with the name Achilles. The twisted mind of Dr. York Hampshire believed he could keep such a creature in a lab without consequences. However, bigger secrets are being revealed. What is this mad scientist doing with creatures and humans? The legendary creatures project The Griffin by Justin Conciliere, available now at Amazon.com. Get your copy today before the lights get turned off on this project. Hey, this is Eric, and you're about to listen to the audio trailer of my short film, The Revealed, which is now streaming worldwide. Check it out at ericscareback.com, parachutesradio.com, and YouTube. The links are provided in the description of this episode. Start from the beginning. When did it all begin? Hello? Are you okay? That old growth church. This has led many scholars to question whether the God that we serve is truly omnipotent, omniscient, spiritual, or simply a New Age extraterrestrial. While others are led to question, are we truly alone in the universe? So, these dreams... They're different this time around. What's up, folks? Welcome back to Paratruth Radio. As always, my name is Eric. And I'm Justin. And we had just finished discussing CERN and the company that uh, that it represents and what it does. Uh, and, of course, we did a lot of rabbit trailing. In fact, I think it's more about just the current nature of the United States of America and what's going on and as opposed to what this Hadron Collider did, you know, back in 2008. But nonetheless – Interesting stuff, something that needs to be talked about. Uh, with that said, we're going to move into something a little bit more different, in fact, quite a bit more different, but it still relates to science and in particular space exploration. Now, th- there's a lot of things that c- to consider when thinking about space exploration. And of course, one of the majority things, the prime purpose for space exploration, I believe, is to find life on other planets. Uh, but in order to do so, you need to learn more about your planet. And so there's a couple of things that are happening over the next year uh, and two that we want – that I want to definitely talk about and I think would be a good discussion to have here because there's some some uh, science that just doesn't really make sense to me. But nonetheless, it's interesting. So one thing that is coming up next summer is the launch of a sun probe. Now, this is a probe or spacecraft that is supposed to be launched in outer space, travel around Venus several times before shooting off into the sun. Now, it's never going to fall into the sun, but it's going to get within about 3.2 million miles of the sun itself. Now, what's interesting about this is that it's actually going to be closer to the sun than Mercury is. And Mercury is an extremely hot planet. <laughs> Mercury is the closest planet to the sun. Um, I think it's safe to say that there is no life on Mercury. (laughs) Probably not. (laughs) 
But, you know, what's interesting, though, about this is you, you have to consider, okay, you know, just how hot is it going to be? Because they're actually building a device, which is about a football field in length, and it's a heat shield. Okay, seems cool. Three point, however, 3.2, we'll say 3.2 million miles. I don't remember the exact distance. It's about 3 million miles or so from the surface of the sun. How hot do you think it is there? Well, I'm trying to remember. I know I've seen the number uh, several billion Kelvins. Oh, we're just talking about Kelvins, aren't we? (laughs) (laughs) It's around 2,000 degrees Fahrenheit, a little over 2,000 degrees Fahrenheit. And that's 3 million miles, million miles away from the sun. It's already 2,000 degrees Fahrenheit, uh, which is crazy to think about. Oh, Uh, I I thought you were talking about about the the sun sun itself. itself, Yeah, no, I'm (laughs) talking about 3,000 million miles away from the sun. It's 2,000 degrees already. Coming off of the sun, okay. Right. So they're sending this probe, and they decided to to design this, uh, this heat shield, which is about a football field's length. I've seen blueprints of it, you know, and prototype photos of it, which is, it's magnificent. It's pretty cool. It's made of a polycarbonate material. Now, I'm sure it's been heat tested uh, a ton, but it's hard for me personally to believe that something like this polycarbonate material is going to withstand 2000 degree temperatures and supposedly keep the instruments within the spacecraft at room temperature. Don't know what room temperature means. I don't know what that is offhand. They don't 98. say that. Ninety-eight point six degrees Fahrenheit. You, you think so? I don't. That's body temperature, not room temperature. <laughs> well, usually, <laughs> it usually it's about, uh, I believe, sixty-five degrees. Sixty-five. So you know, if you can imagine, two thousand degrees outside, it's sixty-five to seventy degrees inside. It's pretty crazy. Uh, but nonetheless, in regards to space exploration, it's kind of a cool thing. That what they're basically what they're planning to do is discover more about uh, the solar surface and solar winds and solar radiation, and more so about how the corona uh, corona works within or with our sun. Uh, because believe it or not, I don't know if you guys know this, but the sun is actually hotter in the atmosphere. The sun's atmosphere is hotter than it is in the inner atmosphere, which is much cooler. And then the sun itself is even hotter than what it is outside. So it's odd. It's hot, cold, hot. You would think it'd just be burning all the way through. Um, but so in 2018, summer of 2018, they're going to be sending this probe up there. And they're hoping to learn more about this kind of stuff. And I think what's really cool about this is how they use planets such as Venus to create a, a gravity throw. It's what ramps up the speed of a, of a of whatever projectile that you have in mm. space. So this particular probe, and it's hard to fathom here on Earth, is going to loop around Venus several times and then be cast into the sun at 400,000 miles per, per hour. So almost like a slingshot. Almost like a slingshot. That's exactly what it's doing. In fact, they actually just did the same thing with another spacecraft literally just this uh, past weekend. I think it was Sunday, actually. Uh, there was a spacecraft. I could drawing a blank on the name of it, circled around our Earth one final time before being slung out to an asteroid, which it's going to go and take some data from. Um, it's I think it's going to be on like a 13-year journey or something like that before it comes back. 
crazy stuff. And space exploration, you know, it's, there's so many things going on, guys. Now we're still talking about trying to get to Mars. Right. That's weird. I'm actually currently reading an article about how to protect astronauts from uh, solar radiation on Mars and how to protect people if they're going to inhabit Mars. Mars. Um, but then on top of that, we talked about like a Cassini spacecraft that crashed into Saturn right. on Night Stalkers last week. Uh, we talk, discussed another spacecraft that is now currently interstellar officially, made it past Neptune, <clears throat> aka past Pluto as well. <laughs> Nobody wants to mention Pluto. Poor little Pluto. <laughs> well, it goes from uh, an exoplanet to a planet to an exoplanet to a planet so many times, everybody's like, I I don't even know anymore. I'm just saying, you know, all right, so jumping back to the first episode with like, how was it in our past compared to what it's like now? And was it really the, you know, the collider that did this? I mean, like one day, actually we could probably do it now with, with your brother's kids. Like when I was your age, <laughs> there was a planet called Pluto. <laughs> yeah. It yeah. does not exist anymore. <laughs> oh, it exists. It's just not a planet. <laughs> right. No, that's what I'm saying. It's the planet itself. The planet doesn't exist, but the moon or whatever it is, the ex- whatever you want to call it, <laughs> obviously still exists. But I'm just like, it's poor children. You yeah. know? Uh, space <laughs> exploration. So one thing I, I know we've got to cover because it is space, obviously. Actually, is that- before we move on, the one yeah. thing that um, – actually, two things. First, I've always wondered when we were going to send something to to study the sun. Like, mm-hmm. we have been studying it, but to get a close-up reading on it. Um, mm-hmm. And unless they put it in, like, adamantium, which is not even a thing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I agree with you. I don't know how – how well it's going to do with protecting the inner core of, of the probe without it melting away. Um, the other thing is if we can slingshot a probe using planetary gravity, why have we not looked into this for manned spacecraft or have we that you've seen? Oh yeah. I mean, they, they have, of course they have. Um, it, it's interesting what they do. They use, they use gravity and the atmosphere in a number of different ways. And for one example is, uh, deacceleration for astronauts who are coming back into Earth's atmosphere. Uh, you know, it's when, when astronauts are on the ISS, the International Space Station, uh, they typically come back through using a pod. This pod separates itself from the International Space Station. I'll just call it the ISS because it's easier. Uh, and then it slowly well, – slowly is a bad term because it's actually moving very fast. But it slowly makes its way into the atmosphere. And what it does is as it loops around the entire Earth, one orbit, at two different lengths, the ISS goes and then the pod follows. And what happens is one of two things. Either the pod will go below – the ISS, or it'll go above the ISS. Now, if it goes below the ISS, it has more gravity pulling at it, and therefore it'll actually speed up the pod and move it ahead of the ISS. If it goes above the ISS, it'll actually slow down as the ISS moves around. 
But what happens in the end is that they actually both meet up at the one revolution on the earth. They meet up at the exact same spot at two different times. And now the reason they, that the pod moves up above or below is so that they don't crash into each other when they reach to that initial departure point. Now from there, they use the earth's natural gravitational force and the atmosphere to slow down the pod as it enters so that it doesn't just burn up and disintegrate despite the fact that it does actually burn up. Um, so they do use planets in this case, ours in some, ex- to some extent to either s- to slow down stuff more so than speed it up. Right. Um, I'm just saying like if, if we would use, well, and if man could even, uh, take the the velocity of right. a, a slingshot like that we would be right. outside of our our solar system already oh yeah absolutely and it, but it still takes years i mean it takes years and years to actually get outside the solar system um well what i'm thinking is if we circled for example our, our planet like four times on slung slung slingshotted to like neptune then go around that three or four times <laughs> swing out to pluto I don't know if that would, Pluto would have enough gravitational pull to, to slingshot. <laughs> Probably us not. But well, that, that's my point is, like, would we be able to do that at some point? Like, have they even looked into that for to, to get outside the – instead of researching what we would call light speed or close to light speeds to, to right. go further out? Right. Well, I know, like, I'm sure it's been discussed. And one thing that is um, – that's important to realize is that any spacecraft at this moment in time, any spacecraft that heads out into interstellar space isn't coming back. It's a one-way trip because you can slingshot your whole way out there, but there's no way to slingshot back. It's going to take you forever to get back to Neptune or whatever planet, try to come back. Um, so it's a one-way trip, which is why they haven't done it. And which is also in part why they haven't put anyone on Mars because uh, currently they don't have a necess- the necessity to come back to Earth and they don't have the necessity to uh, provide them enough oxygen and this and that. And the radiation exposure would actually give everybody brain cancer by the time they even reach Mars. In fact, I think they I had written – written, yes, I wrote the article for NASA. No, I read an article for NASA that said that by the time astronauts made it to Mars – it is about 95 to 97% likely that they would all have brain cancer before arriving hmm. due to the solar radiation. Right. Um, solar radiation plays a huge, huge factor when it comes to space, space exploration. Um, and the fact that – I mean, get this. This is crazy. As soon as you even leave the atmosphere, and in this case we'll talk about the ISS, astronauts within six months – lose 50% of their bone density or their mm-hmm. bone mass due to the radiation and lack of gravity. Then on top of that, they lose close to 50% of their muscle mass and strength just within a few weeks. Uh, it just happens that quick. So it, it's just insane. It's crazy to think about, you know, how dangerous it really is. Well, look, I mean, look at what the sun, the, the radiation of the sun does to the earth. So I could just imagine <laughs> But, you know, we should just talk to the Star Trek and Star Wars writers and find out how they did it. And we'll just do it that way. That sounds... <laughs> <laughs> of course, if you go by Star Trek, 
it was actually uh, alien races that brought us the technology. So we're probably screwed on doing it ourselves. Uh, not more than a thousand years down the road, I guess. But right. to get into the, the next topic that you were talking about, go ahead. Oh, yeah. Well, I was going to say, obviously, if we're talking about space exploration, we're going to talk about life. And more in particular, we're going to talk about aliens, extraterrestrials. Yeah, naturally. Uh, now, I mean, I don't know about you, Justin. Now, I, I know a lot of Christians out there, they, they, uh, they'll think of extraterrestrials as just a fairy tale. You know, it's just a myth, nothing more than that. But I can't tell you how many times I've sat outside, stared at the stars and thought, could there be something, mm-hmm. anything beside God looking back at me? Especially if I'm looking at a particular star. Because we know that many of those stars have other planets orbiting mm-hmm. them as well. And to think that none of them have any type of life on it is almost unfathomable. And it's just interesting. It's so interesting to me to think about, okay, what if aliens do exist? Now, this doesn't go against my my faith, for those of you who think it does. It does not go against salvation or anything like that. It's a simple, curious question and a thought. Could aliens exist? And now we've speculated on this, Justin, you and I. We've talked about the dark side of the moon in the past. We've heard from people who believe that, yes, aliens do exist and they visit uh, the world, uh, they visit Earth, and the government currently has alien technology, and that's how we're getting a lot of the stuff that we got. Well, uh, look at the alien military. theories, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about Roswell. We talked about all this stuff. We talked about all of it. Um, and so we have to question how much of it is real. How much does NASA know that we don't know? And I'm sure they know significantly much more than what we know. Well, um, government and NASA, I mean, as much as, as there's conspiracy theories out there and people quote-unquote want to know, if the mass human race found out that there were extraterrestrials right now, it would be mass hysteria. There would be riots. There would be looting. There would be total chaos. So... But, well, well, there's already... Well... <laughs> looting and chaos and people... Like, everybody. their little banners around. Like, Christi- Christians would question their faith because they they don't believe in aliens. They just believe that uh, we were put here and God put us here, which I do believe, but I also believe that there could be life elsewhere. But it would be it, it would be almost everybody freaking out about that we have not only been in contact with extraterrestrials for quite some time, but there are people that speculate that they have uh, messed with our DNA or messed with our technologies. And there, it would be just complete pandemonium. So even if the government does know, which I do believe at some point they will have to tell us, same with NASA, even if they do know, the government and NASA have to have a sense of mystery when it comes to these things because of that fact. And I, I do to this day believe that that, uh, that is true. Whether we have had contact with with aliens or not, I don't know. I would love to know because that would just prove some things to me like 
there is life outside of, of Earth. Mm-hmm. But if if they do know, I do understand why they have not told the mass public. You and I need to do a live episode from Roswell, Roswell. New Mexico. Well, yep. actually, uh, a, a podcast that I listened to had done a live episode. Um, it's called Conspiranormal. And they did a, a live episode from a conference there in Roswell. Okay. And I want to say it was it was actually just the 50th anniversary. Is that right? No, that's not right. Of Roswell? Of Roswell. Incident, 1947. So that was... Yeah, so it would have been... Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they celebrated an anniversary, so they were having this huge thing going on. Um, so I, that actually brought to mind... I would love to do a live episode from, I know it's not exactly, it's not 50 yet. It might be. No, it's like 70. 70. Yeah, that's it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. I saw your wheels you turning through the screen. Like, <laughs> he's still thinking about those years right now. <laughs> I, I knew I was wrong when I said 50, but um, they, they did a, a live show from there and I would love to do a live show from there. A live show from the Mothman Festival in West Virginia. And um, a live show from Salem. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that was another one that came to mind. So I would love to, at some point, get to where we can do some live shows from those places. Maybe even just like walk down the street and be like, "Hey, that, tell us about your <laughs> <laughs> tell me about your alien experience or, or parts of it or whatever." But yes, uh, it was just interesting to hear them because there's like. UFO and alien themed everything in Roswell. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> but one day, uh, one day. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, I do believe that that the government and NASA does know, but I think we are are better off being a little bit ignorant right now as, as a mass public, um, but. I don't know if I completely made you forget your train of thought, but no, absolutely. Actually, what you did was you brought us right up to the end of the show. <laughs> so good job. <laughs> I think that was perfect. <laughs> well, um, something that I, I want to bring up is even though we do not know that there is intelligent life out there, we do know that there is bacteria at least from Mars. Mm-hmm. So if there's bacteria on Mars, who's to say that there isn't higher life somewhere else? Right. So um, I, I do believe that there there is life out there, and I do believe at some point we will find out. Um, I, I would really hope in my lifetime, because then if I was still doing a podcast, I'd be like, see, I knew it. I knew just, it. No, that's not what you would say because at that point, if we're still doing podcasts, you'd be like, "You see, Ron, right? What were we talking about? I smell like ointment and pee. I don't know what I'm saying." <laughs> oh, anyway, all right. 
<laughs> I think that brings us up to the end of the show right there. Uh, as always, Justin finds some way to just top it. He just tops himself. Uh, <laughs> folks, that is the end of the show, the discussion of CERN. Uh, the topic of CERN and the large Hadron Collider, as well as a little bit about space exploration. Of course, there's so much more to go into that. That is just kind of a little bit of filler and something fun to discuss. But uh, nonetheless, you know, you guys can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I, if I'm not mistaken, we don't. I don't see much on Instagram anymore. I haven't uh, been posting a whole lot, but yeah, I am going to get back into the habit of doing that. Um, also, make sure that you guys are following and liking every show. Um, you can follow us on Spreaker, on iHeartRadio, as well as any other podcasting uh, app that's out there. Please, please, please share us with your friends and family if they have any interest in the paranormal, because that is the only way that uh, we can grow as a show. Um I do want to give a shout-out again to all the networks that host us, which is Paranormal UK Radio Network, Friend Radio Network, and TMV Cafe, as well as ParanormalForum.net. They feature our show on there, and uh, RadioOnPodcast.com, they, they support us on there as well. So give all of those places a like as well. Uh, join, follow, subscribe. I don't know if there's anything else that you can do, but uh, definitely check all of that out. Um, you can always find all of the the links for those places in the show notes, and as well as uh, check out paratruthradio.com, where we post a lot of stuff. There's a bunch of stuff up there. We do have our uh, the links to our um, sponsors still as well. Um, so really quick before we we wrap it up, I wanted to get your kind of your final thoughts. Like I I know you had said that it's you think it's just um things ramping up from what we were talking about with CERN, but coming off completely off the fence, do you think there would be any possibility that the the Hadron Collider caused something to to cause this effect at all no of course not and that's i mean i'm not coming from that from like a simply logical point of view i mean this is more of a faith-based as well uh but it just seems to me that it would be impossible to manipulate the history and the events of the entire world by some type of mechanical machine that wasn't designed or destined by god um I don't think humans have that type of ability. Now, obviously, I think a person can alter theirs, you know, to some extent. Obviously, we would never know. I, You know, we're talking about changing the past, in a sense, if we're talking about, you know, changing timelines. So we're talking uh, about time travel. Right, which isn't happening anytime <laughs> soon. Um, <laughs> but obviously, I think we can change our future. And, of course, we'd never know that we changed our future. It'd be impossible because you'd have to know our future first in order to change it. Um, And I think the only time that we can actually change our future, and this is – bear with me – is, for example, an illness. Let's just say we're going to use cancer as the extreme example here. Uh, Someone gives you three months to live, and then you end up living until you're 70, 20, 30, 40 years later. 
you've changed history. You know, you knew you had an idea of what your future was going to be and you changed that future. So, I mean, in that sense, I think there can be possible changes. Of course, we never really can know, hey, was that really us changing the future or was it destined to be that way the entire time? Right. You know. Well, I mean, that just depends on if you believe in destiny, too. Right. And not the video game because I don't right. believe in that game. <laughs> I hear it's pretty bad. <laughs> well, and when you when you said uh, – if somebody tells you, and I'm like, that they gave you cancer? <laughs> I don't think that's possible yet. Well, well, some I people. Said yet. Some I, people I know some believe people believe that, the government created cancer and created yeah. AIDS and created everything else. I mean, that's another topic <laughs> for another many topic. months down. The, I'm not interested in talking about that right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, and I'm I'm sure you already came off the the fence for believing in aliens. You don't necessarily believe, but you're starting to wonder. Open-minded, always. That's the point of being a paranormal, a host of a paranormal radio show. You got to be open-minded a bit. Yeah, I and I do believe it, it's possible if something happened with CERN, but do I believe that it actually did? I don't think so. I, I think we would have seen things and remembered things a little bit differently. I'm just saying, I think I'd be the Flash right now if it did. <laughs> Because you I would have did. you would have been flow, flying in there just to jump into the center. Of I it. I would if the, if if they told me that a particle accelerator is about to blow up, I'd be there in a moment. <laughs> hey, let's do this. I'm about to become the Flash. <laughs> not the Green Arrow, not Superman. Nope, the Flash. Just run everywhere at light speed. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks, that is the CERN slash space exploration episode um i hope you guys enjoyed it as i said make sure you check out all the networks that we're on uh like share subscribe anywhere that we broadcast as well as uh anywhere that the networks broadcast as well and next week we're going to be talking about something super interesting which is the project blue beam and the battle of la interesting stuff coming up for you guys we've got a lot of great guests scheduled for you so stay tuned for that as well until next week folks where you'll find us same time same channel my name is justin and i'm eric peace Welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book, and together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. 
Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts.